0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. We have a wide variety of of topics we are going to cover here on the podcast. There's no central theme for today's podcast other than its relevant talking points regarding the Buffalo Bills. And so I have nine of them that I want to dig into. A lot of them stem from comments that Coach McDermott made. Obviously, the Bills released five players over the weekend. We have several different player injury statuses to update. Some players on the NFL Top 100 that I want to get into we have another Mock Draft Monday, courtesy of the DraftNetwork.com. Jordan Reed calling the shots this time around, and so I want to mention the player. He had the Bills picking as well, so a ton to get into here on a Monday. Let's start with the five players that the Buffalo Bills released on Sunday afternoon, and the Bills were the first team in the entire NFL to make their five roster cuts, and they did it on Sunday afternoon, which is well Ahead of the Tuesday deadline at 4 p.m., which I think is always a good thing. At this point in the process, if you know that there are a handful of players that are not going to be a part of your team and you've identified them, go ahead and cut them now. That gives them their best chance to latch on with another team and get another opportunity to make another roster. There's no reason to push it out until Tuesday. Do it now and give these guys a chance to go catch on somewhere else. And so who were the five players that the Buffalo Bills released? Before we talk about that, I do want to say that originally, I had planned on spending some time on today's podcast talking about the players that I thought the Bills would cut in their initial round of cuts on Tuesday, but they beat me to the punch. So the five players that the Bills released were... Offensive lineman, Markel Harrell. Offensive lineman, Caleb Beninock. Offensive lineman, Cyrus Tuatelli. Interior defensive lineman, Eli Anquo. And linebacker, Mike Bell. Now, none of these players that the Bills released are surprises. We expected all of these players at some point to get cut. But what I do find interesting about reflecting on the list of players that the Bills cut is what position they come from and what the numbers are remaining at those positions. And so the Bills cut three offensive linemen, and they still have 16 on the roster. And at the end of the day, by the time all the cuts are done, the Bills will only have nine or ten. And so there are still several more offensive linemen to cut. And so it makes a lot of sense that three of them were let go in this round of cuts because they still have 16 other players to work with. And so a very logical area of the roster to trim. The Bills cut one interior defensive lineman in Eli Anquo. And so that gets them down to seven defensive tackles. And I think at the end of the day, the Bills will keep four, maybe as low as three interior defensive linemen. But there's still a few more of these Defensive tackles are going to be let go, and so they got the uh, the action started with Eli Anquo, a, a veteran, a guy who's played in the NFL, and so gives him a chance to go latch on with another team. And then finally at linebacker, Mike Bell, he leaves the team with nine linebackers left remaining on the roster, and I think when it's all said and done, the Bills will keep five or six of those. And obviously I thought the backup linebackers played really well, against the Lions, whether that was Tyrell Adams or Andre Smith or Tyrell Dotson, even Tyler Medicavich, to go with Edmonds and Milano, you probably felt like you had an opportunity here to let Mike Bell go and give those guys even more reps, and then I didn't even mention Joe Giles-Harris or Markel Lee. So still plenty of young players and depth options remain for the Bills to sort out. So as for the remaining rounds of cuts – The next round is on August 24th, which is the Tuesday after the next Bills game, which is Saturday in Chicago. The Bills have to cut five more players and get down to 80 on the roster, so I'm guessing it's going to be a very similar process. The Bills will play, and then on Sunday or maybe Monday, they will say goodbye to five more players. And then after that, the final cuts are due on August 31st, and that's when they have to go from 80 to 53 And set that initial 53 man roster. So, a lot of players will be said goodbye to over the next two weeks, and the first five have already been cut. Next, I want to get into the overall injury situation with the Buffalo Bills, and a lot of players missed practice on Sunday, which by reports was a very quick and light practice just helmets and shorts for the players. And so, they got their work in and and got done pretty quickly on Sunday afternoon. But the following list of players missed practice, and I will give you a few of the comments made by Sean McDermott about that player's status if he made a comment during his media availability on Sunday afternoon. Running back Zach Moss, he missed practice after missing the game against Detroit in several practices last week. Sean McDermott did say that he's hopeful that Moss could play Saturday in Chicago and they're going to take it easy early in the week and see where he's at later in the week. But it sounds like there is some hope that he could be good to go for this coming weekend. Running back Antonio Williams, he missed practice, and that comes after he had a stinger during the game against the Lions, fumbled the football, came out of the game, and then came back. And at the end of the day, he misses practice on Sunday. So hopefully that's not serious. Running back Christian Wade remains out with a shoulder injury. Wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, he missed practice again with a knee injury. And I'm not sure at what point we're going to be concerned or we should be concerned about this knee injury, but Stephon Diggs has missed like a week at this point. And the only thing Sean McDermott said about it is that he's not concerned at this point that it will impact his availability for the regular season. But there's no question that Steph Diggs is dealing with something um, because he hasn't practiced in quite some time. Wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins, he left the game against the uh, the Detroit Lions with a knee injury. Coach McDermott said he is day-to-day, and they have to evaluate the swelling on that. Tight end Tommy Sweeney, he was seen in a boot during practice, and um, I wasn't aware that he was injured, to be honest. So that was disappointing to see. Hopefully it's just precautionary and he's fine, uh, but he didn't practice on Sunday, and again, he was seen in a boot. Offensive lineman Forrest Lamp remains out with a calf injury. Linebacker Markel Lee is in the COVID protocol. And then cornerback Tredavious White, he missed because of personal reasons, and it has come out that he's been out since Friday due to personal reasons. And so we have no idea what those are. You could speculate and let your mind wander to a bunch of different places. But at the end of the day, he's not been around since Friday, and we certainly hope that Everything is good to go with him and his family, and whatever the reason he's been away from the team has been. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Online, your online sportsbook experts. I'd like to continue our discussion today by continuing our discussion about players and availability. And the one I want to get to is offensive tackle Deion Dawkins. And his status right now is not sounding very encouraging. And as you know, he missed a bunch of time at the beginning of training camp due to being in the COVID protocol. And Coach McDermott commented on his status on Sunday afternoon. And this is what he said. They're going to continue to take it one day at a time. They have to ease him back into things and that he's not close to where he needs to be to play and help the team. He has a long road ahead. And he has to continue to work hard to get back, and he's missed a lot of time. And so, obviously not a great update from Coach McDermott. Obviously, first and foremost, the concern with, is with Deion Dawkins and his recovery from COVID, and hopefully he gets up to speed very quickly and has no complications. But Coach McDermott came out and said, he's not close to where he needs to be to play and help us and has a long road ahead. And so this is definitely concerning. Now, there's still some time. The Bills don't take on the Pittsburgh Steelers for several more weeks, and obviously in that amount of time, Deion Dawkins could catch up and be ready to go. But as of today, he's not anywhere near that point, according to Sean McDermott. So the best-case scenario here is that he's good to go, and the 73 that we're accustomed to seeing protecting Josh Allen's blindside is ready to go in week one when the Buffalo Bills face a couple of really good edge rushers from the Pittsburgh Steelers in T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram. They signed Melvin Ingram, former Los Angeles Charger, and they got him for a pretty cheap deal, and he's a good player. So Watt and Ingram are awaiting the Bills' offensive tackles in week one. Let's hope Deion Dawkins is ready to go. The worst-case scenario is obviously that Dawkins is not up to speed and he's not ready to play in week one. And in that scenario, the Bills have a decision to make. They have to figure out who's going to play left tackle. Maybe that's Spencer Brown. Maybe that's Bobby Hart. Maybe that's Forrest Lamp. Maybe that's Ryan Bates. But right now, the indication would be that it's either Spencer Brown or Bobby Hart. And I think that is concerning. Especially if it's Bobby Hart. Now, the good news is, Bobby Hart, as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals for the last several years, he has plenty of experience going up against the Bengals' defensive ends. In fact, he's actually come out and said that T.J. Watt is overrated, and he self-proclaimed himself as the best right tackle in the NFL. Which is really confusing to me based on what we've watched. But... Considering Dawkins' status right now, I think we need to have conversations about the possibility of Spencer Brown or Bobby Hart being the Bills' left tackle in Week 1. And honestly, if either of those players are not ready to go, I do think you need to look at Ryan Bates, and you do need to look at Forrest Lamp. Forrest Lamp has played left tackle in the NFL. He's played left tackle in college. There's a chance that he can get you by a game. And obviously he has experience going up against Melvin Ingram from their time together with the Chargers. Ryan Bates has also been around. We talked so much about his positional flexibility and how he can play all five spots. Seems like the Bills have him focused on center right now. But if Dawkins' status in week one is up in the air, I'd be thinking about having Ryan Bates ready to play left tackle in that game. So the Bills have options. They also have time. This could be much ado about nothing, right? Like there's a good chance Dawkins is perfectly ready to go and and ready to play at the level he needs to in week one. That's definitely a possibility. But on the heels of Coach McDermott's comments, I can't help but think about what the alternatives can be and what the implications are. And so I wanted to get into that here today on the podcast. Now let's mention a couple more things that Coach McDermott said that I found interesting on Sunday afternoon. He talked about Bobby Hart, and this is what he said. He's got snaps under his belt. I appreciate his approach. I'm happy with his approach. He's working on his game. He's here early most mornings, and I appreciate that. Kind of interesting that Sean McDermott packaged those comments in such a way that acknowledged that he's an experienced player, and then just talked about his approach and mentality and mindset and effort, right? Like he didn't talk about his effectiveness as a player or his role or or how he can help the team talked about his approach and that he's working hard and that he's early to the facility each morning. And he appreciates that, right? Like complimenting the effort is, is interesting to me. And I think that was very intentional. I'll tell you what, I've talked about Bobby Hart a lot in this podcast and I feel like I've warned you about the player that he is and, Obviously, that was revealed on the field against the Detroit Lions. But his overall player arc confuses me like crazy. I mean, we're talking about a seventh-round pick who is a very bad athlete. Like, in terms of his athletic profile compared to other offensive linemen in the NFL, he is bottom tier, like as low as it gets. So he doesn't have this pedigree of being a high pick. He has no physical skill. He's got a crazy weird personality. Look it up, search Bobby Hart, and you'll see all the strange things about him. He has struggled year in and year out, but somehow has managed to be a primary starter every season in the NFL since 2016. How and why? And why are the Buffalo Bills currently the team that is dealing with this possibility? Why is he part of this football team? How do you not put together all of this information, whether it's how he's fared in the NFL to this point, the athletic profile, the fact that he's never been an overly desired talent and put him on your roster. I mean, this guy signed a three-year, $16 million deal a couple of years ago. The Cincinnati Bengals had him on the team, watched him struggle, and then said, you know what? Here's three years, $16 million. Come be our right tackle. And they cut him like a year into that contract. I'm confused. I'm really, really confused on this. A few more things that Coach McDermott said on Sunday. He talked about the defensive line. He said he didn't want to get too high or too low after one performance. He said he liked how the team affected the quarterback on Friday night, particularly early in the game. And so I do think most of us came away really encouraged by the way the pass rush looked on Friday night against Detroit, and um, we're super excited about Gregory Rousseau and F.A. Obata and A.J. Epinesa. But I do think that McDermott offers something really, really important there. It's critical to not get too high or too low after one performance, especially in the preseason. So let's keep everything in context and realize that there are more and more tests coming And we still have a lot to learn about this Bills defensive line. So far so good, but there's a lot left to unpack when it comes to what this defensive line is really going to be on the field during the 2021 season. Coach McDermott commented on Daryl Johnson, has said he's come a long way coming from a smaller school. He always has a great attitude and always wants to learn. They said, we've seen him improve and he's a good young man that works hard. So I'm not sure Coach McDermott said anything that sways me when it comes to Daryl Johnson and his chances to make the roster, but um, certainly high praise for his approach and um, you know, what he's put into improving. And then lastly, he talked about Andre Smith, linebacker. McDermott said he showed up and he was a factor in the game. So you notice how that was different than what he said about Bobby Hart? right? He showed up, he was a factor, he mattered in the game. Didn't talk about his approach or how they appreciate how he's worked really hard and the effort that he puts into his craft. He said he showed up and he was a factor in the game. So take it for what it's worth. But I listen to every single word that Sean McDermott says that I can possibly listen to. And when he talks more specifically about an impact that a player makes, as opposed to the effort that they put into what they're trying to do, I think there's something to glean there. And uh, I am feeling pretty good about Andre Smith being one of the key reserve linebackers that makes this team when it's all said and done. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, and cookies and cream. And I'll be honest, orange and cookies and cream, those are the two boxes I currently have in my pantry and I keep switching up back and forth. I love them both. And I'll tell you what, maybe you don't know where to start with built Bars. You want to try all these great flavors. They can give you a mixed box. You can order a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. You can try them all and figure out which ones you like best. And not only are Bilt Bars the best-tasting protein bar on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Their calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto, com, at home, and right in your pocket. Save time and save money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right. The next thing I want to get into here today is the NFL 100 list. And if I'm not mistaken, on Sunday, NFL Network dropped players 100 through 80. And this is something that happens every single year where the NFL players themselves vote on who the top 100 players in the NFL are. I'm not exactly sure what The process is and how many players they pull and, you know, how this is all assembled. But we've already got two Buffalo Bills on the list, and I want to talk about that just a bit here now. So going into the NFL Top 100, of course, I saw all the advertisements that it would air on Sunday, and I started to think to myself, well, which Buffalo Bills players would be on the list? And so I very quickly identified Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tredavious White. Maybe Micah Hyde, hopefully Jordan Poyer, perhaps Tremaine Edmonds or Matt Milano, maybe Deion Dawkins, right? So I'm just kind of speculating. Maybe you did the same thing, but I thought for sure Alan Diggs and Trey White would be on the list. And so we got one of them and we got another player so far. Again, there's still another 80 players left to be revealed. Coming in at number six is Cole Beasley. And that was a pleasant surprise to me. I think Cole Beasley is the best slot receiver in the NFL. He was a second team all-pro last year. He's a really good football player. Now, predictively I wouldn't have guessed he was in the top 100, but I was really happy to see that. Thought it was really good recognition for Cole Beasley and well deserved. Pleasant surprise in my mind. He was 96 on the list. 95th was Trey White. And obviously, Trey White deserved to be on this list. He just deserved to be 50 spots higher at least. 95? I mean, the guys just sneak it in? Unreal. And I'm not one to really get worked up by this kind of stuff. I typically don't really care. But 95? I mean, you're telling me there are 94 players in the NFL that are better than Tredavious White? Come on. No way. No way. And I think he was 45th last year. So somehow he went down the rankings? So like, cool that Trey White is on this list, but that was always a given. For him to barely sneak on at 95 had me pretty disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Especially because I think Jalen Ramsey, cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams, he put out his top five corners in the NFL. On Sunday morning, actually. And of course, at number one, he had himself. Number two, he had Stephon Gilmore. Number three was Trey White. So Jalen Ramsey's out here telling you that Trey White's the third best corner in the NFL, and he's a top five corner on everybody's list. He comes in at 95. The players ahead of him, I'm already mad about. And it's just going to get worse and worse as this list unfolds. But, hey, look, they both deserve to be on the list, but you can't tell me there are 94 players in the NFL that are better than Tredavious White. Let's move on. The next thing I want to talk about is Mock Draft Monday. Of course, over at thedraftnetwork.com, we put out a new mock draft for you each and every week. And so as part of our conversations here on this podcast, I want to talk about those picks that the Bills make and who we have the Bills picking and give you some of my thoughts on it and just introduce these names to you much earlier in the process so that way they're more familiar to you and um, you know we can go a little bit deeper into things come February, March, and April. So this time around, Jordan Reed, he did our mock draft and he does a great job for us. I always love his opinions and I love talking football with him every single day. I learn a lot from Jordan Reed. He had the Bills picking cornerback Nehemiah Pritchett from Auburn. And so obviously I'm excited, right? I like like the idea of going cornerback predictively I'm not sure if I can get myself to believe that the Bills will pick a cornerback in the first round but with Levi Wallace in a contract year and you know all these young cornerbacks right now really not impressive maybe that'll change right like a lot can change between now and the start of the regular season when we get to see them play in two more games and they have a whole year to develop right like they're going to get better but right now I'm not feeling like the Bills have their long-term answer at CB2 on the roster, unless they finally pay up to Levi Wallace and, you know say, "This is your job. I don't know if that's going to happen either. But I love the idea of a corner, predictively, I'm not sure it's going to happen. I think Pritchett's a really good pick. Again, out of Auburn, six foot one, 180 pounds. he'll have to bulk up a little bit, but I'm sure he can do that. He's got good length, very versatile. You can envision him playing press coverage, zone coverage, man coverage. He can play all of those different techniques. And he's a really really good tackler and we know the bills value that They want guys that are willing to come downhill and fit the run and you know make tackles on the perimeter. and so in Nehemiah Pritchett, you get that type of talent so you get length, size, versatility, good tackling skills and he's honestly one of those players that in my scouting circles, you know I have different people that I talk prospects with all the time. It feels like he's found a way to come up in just about every one of those circles as one of these corners that could really come out this year and elevate their stock and enter the first-round conversation. So he's got a lot of fans out there. So I think end of the first round is probably the right range right now. I think he's a good scheme fit. Uh, I think he's a good personality fit for the Bills locker room. Uh, was heavily involved in the FCA in high school, which is something that Sean McDermott to this day uh, finds time to speak to. I know the last two years he's uh, spoken to a group of FCA Uh, students. So you know that's something that'll resonate well with the Bills brass. But hey, I I like the pick. I I really, really do. I'm just not convinced that they're going to draft a cornerback in the first round. And so that's always going to make me a little bit apprehensive about buying in. The one thing that I will say about Pritchett that he needs to do this year is make more plays on the ball. Um, Not that many pass breakups, only one career interception as a one-and-a-half-year starter at this point. So I want to see the ball production really show up this year for ne- Nehemiah Pritchett as he you know, takes his game to the next level and enters this first-round conversation. So let's talk about our schedule this week on the podcast and for the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, they practice today at 4 o'clock. They practice Monday at 10 a.m., Tuesday at 10 a.m. There's no practice on Wednesday. Thursday they practice at 10 a.m., and then Friday is a no-practice travel day and the Bills take on the Chicago Bears in Chicago 1 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. So podcasts coming your way every single day, Monday through Saturday. I'll get you a post-game podcast a few hours after the conclusion of the game on Saturday. So just make sure that you're subscribed because podcasts are coming not just Monday through uh, Friday right now. They're coming on Saturdays based on the way this preseason schedule is upon us. So, uh, Make sure you're subscribed. We'll do Herd Mentality probably on Thursday. So if you have anything for that, hit me up on Twitter at the joe Marino by sending me a DM or shoot me an email, Joe at thedraftnetwork.com Those have been filling up really quick, uh, a lot of participation right now. So if you got something good, make sure you send it in so we can work it into our podcast. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review Hope you have an awesome day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.